Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is your host, Lorraine Nightheart. You've reached Venus Unplugged. What we do here is explore the archetype of Venus through myth and dream and personal stories and transpersonal stories. And, uh, what we're working on right now or exploring is the concept or the complex or the archetype of the scapegoat. Now, what's so interesting, well, this is the perfect week of scapegoating. It's uh, it's Passover. It is uh, uh, the crucifixion and Easter. So these are ancient, um, you know, certainly the crucifixion of the archetypal scapegoat and uh, the one that's the carrier of the sins right now. What we were exploring last week in the scapegoat in, in terms of, you know, how the Jungians see it, soul makers, why is it that we would carry? Uh, sometimes quite unconsciously, we we don't even know. We're so used to being the suffering servant or the schlub, depending on uh, what you're looking at. Uh, you know, even the story of Cinderella, I mean, what'd she ever do? Really, she just... Okay, all right, I'll do that wash, I'll do all of this. And she never even questions. But of course, you know, with this scapegoating, there's envy. And, and certainly, there's, uh, when there's no beauty, there's definitely scapegoating happening, too. And that's also why I'm so deeply involved in this archetype of Venus, because I feel she is so not represented or exiled so very, very often. And she definitely, the concept of, of beauty, not just in form, indeed in beauty and just in, in presence, can soften so much of the, of the difficulties and horror internally and externally. We, we could just look and see a, a flower and its form and its beauty and be filled with this remembrance what's happening so much now and people are a lot more sophisticated than ever in many ways is what's the story we tell ourselves and there comes a time we need to change the story we need to be able to say i've gotten all the good out of this story and let's say you you know you don't realize it and that you are carrying the story of the scapegoat you know, you can change that. You can say, okay, I've, I recognize how this unfolds. I recognize how I get sought up in, in the family structure or school or whatever structure we get caught up in. You see, because in the Jungian term, the scapegoating, it's a form of denying the, the shadow of God and of man. So it goes both ways. Uh, and so when we don't fit the ideal... And many, many people are addicted to perfection. They don't realize it. You know, the archetype of of that uh, perfection just says, if you're not perfect, just die. You're terrible. You can't be forgiven. Yes, you can. I mean, it's part of this earth, which we see repeated again and again and again. I, you know, is is we're learning. We're becoming. And if we're fortunate enough to begin to explore 
who we are and what we're about. You know, it's, it's easy to see the the shadow of others or scapegoating others, but to begin to see our lives as the entire length of our life and being and experience is a work of art. And in that work of art, you are becoming human. American Indians have a very interesting concept, which is that, you know, we're just two-legged. We're just walking on two legs. But to become an act, to become human is an act of divinity and tests and, and experiences. And this is part of this journey. And, of course, anytime there's a learning curve, first thing we ask, either why me or why now? That's a waste. It's you because it's ordained. It's now because now is the perfect moment. And the faster we settle into that, and also remember that there is nothing that psyche cannot heal and overcome, uh, and we wind up dry, drowning in a birdbath because we're of the fear instead of saying, "Wow, what's what is uh, what is this really about? What is this story telling me? What is happening here that I need to explore and to become? It's 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 in service to your soul." these experiences. So if you could begin to start saying, you know, what story, what storyline? Am I the child? Am I the where, the dweller? Do I, do I fall into the scapegoat? What, what is the story that I need to change? Am I unlovable? And one of the biggest aspects of the of story, which most people will have a deep connection or feeling for, is, you know, to go home. The desire, kind of like that movie, uh, you know, E.T., when the little extraterrestrial says, phone home, points his finger up, the whole audience goes insane. Oh, my God, that's it. I want to get home. I want to get home to myself. I want to get home to my family. I want to get home to the the end of the story that I'm living. I want to get home. Or, you know, I want to uh, leave a planet and leave this planet and go to another one. Or I want to leave completely and just return home. So that's a very important part of our storyline, the return. And do we return, you know, having gotten the gold? With the treasure, or or not, or having missed the point completely. So part of the projection, you know, which is what the scapegoating is, if we if we can just learn to dial it back a little, you know, when we and it usually is an opinion. Uh, this is what you believe in. Have you really had an experience? Have you? And I'm not saying that everything in the world is projection. I mean, it always has a little bit of material of our shadow, which otherwise we wouldn't recognize it. Uh, and there's nothing wrong. The shadow is really kind of the active ingredient. It's it's very often the solution. It's embedded in the shadow, symbolically. So we begin to see the scapegoating is we allow ourselves, 
if there is a tent. And we all fall into this scapegoating, both receiving it and sending it out. Uh, but if we can realize, wait a second, that's a, that's a projection. The other person or the other situation wants me to carry this. We can begin to say no to it. We can certainly atone for our folly, those human mistakes, because we didn't know better or we thought we could get away with it, but that's the last time, whatever it may be. But never, ever pay compound interest on on your folly. Make a mistake, cool, pay top dollar, you know, or whatever the price might be. Uh, and particularly in, with relationships, but it, if, if then you, it's going to be held over your head into this guilt. That's compound interest. No, if someone if sent you a bill that you had already paid and had compound interest on it, you would refuse it. Well, the same is true in life. Yes, I did that. Yes, uh, that hurt another or hurt yourself, whatever it might be. I paid the price. I suffered you know, recognition of shadow, recognition of, you know, what was I thinking? Or um, let's say you, you, somebody was drunk and they just attacked somebody. And, uh, of course, they forget that they damn near killed the person. Because very often in that Dionysian state, people can be uh, kind of negative psychism where they can get right in and, and hurt at, at the very wounded place. Now, we can use that in a positive way and say, wow, you know, that would take me five years of therapy and one insult, here I am. And I can begin to recognize this, but it's being able to understand. That is what addiction does, too. Uh, the, the person under the influence of the addiction certainly is in a horrid state, but they really can hurt people because they completely act out the shadow and uh, can't recognize the pain. In some ways, we don't know what's worse, loving an addict or being the addict or a combination of both. So all of that does have to do with the scapegoating, that, that way in which we see our own and, fee- and we can also go scapegoat gold. We can think, oh, my God, no, that person is so gifted, and I can, you know, could never compare to that. Um, and sometimes that's important because we can't really, let's say even, even spiritually, oh, that person's so spiritual. Uh, we, we, need to, we need somebody to kind of hang our hat on. Would you hold my gold for a while until I become mature enough that I can carry my own soul or carry what I do know to be true. See, because part of what begins to happen is when we decide to become conscious or invited or just drop-kicked into consciousness, that's one of the hardest things to accept. You just might know something. We want to project it onto uh, other people. No, they know. I don't know because it's a huge responsibility. It's the only responsibility. It's one of the main reasons for coming to the planet is to mature into your own knowing through free will. And then we 
can ask another to, would you, would you hold this for a while? Because we don't know we're doing this. And they hold the gold. And if they're really your teacher or mentor or guru or whatever, they give you your gold back. You don't hold it. Someone doesn't know they have a talent. Okay, you can hold that for a little while. Mirror it back until they can accept it. And then you give them their gold back. You don't keep it. It's not yours. It's their talent. It's their love. And, I'm, you know, even in personal love relationships, someone can give us so much gold. Now, sometimes that can be a burden because we know we're not that great, all right? Um, we've got to give that gold back. Say, no, this is, this is you, and I thank you uh, for your love and your support, but, but you need this. This is your talent, not mine. And then we're not, we'd, and we also don't get caught up in a shadow game. I gave you my life, and then you grew away from me. Well, that does happen. Or, or even in, let's say, the case of divorce, separation, the karma's finished. You know, if, if we could understand that uh, in, in some way. We wouldn't have the shadow bat a shadow battle that occurs of what begins to happen. And there is a perfect example of absolutely archetypal scapegoating. All the the folly and mistakes of being human and growing. Now there's a lot of guilt when we choose individuation. Because we're going to leave the collective value, what they say, and begin to explore what something deep within yourself says and gets mirrored in dreams and creation and art and movement of the soul. So in this this scapegoating, and there's a lot of it going on right now, uh, more so than ever. And I'm not saying that there's not some truce, but if we're wasting our time scapegoating on what the other person said, did, or whatever, that's precious life. Take that back. You need that. Maybe it comes as black gold, you know, where we project shadow. It's it's an aspect, you know, of of psyche, and it's a very, you know, the negredo in in, uh, alchemy. The blackness, the darkness, that's where the action is. That's where the gold is. That is going to turn into uh, the stone of wisdom, the knowing. And that stone is never pretty. It's kind of a little strange. You know, completely ordinary, which is what its superpower is because most people don't know what they're looking at. So they'll pick the shiny the kind of the false gold rather than the gold of consciousness. So, that, you know, in the end, of, we, we assume personal responsibilities is, is, you know, part of the burden of the collective. Uh, but we do not take on another person's evil or another action of evil. So very, very often when people do really shadow, it's, it's the innocent that suffer. 
So how do we how do we change that? We begin to say, all right, you know, the powers that be or the power shadow, which is a huge shadow. Uh, I can't not change what's going on there, but I can change my attitude towards it. I can see that, yeah, I'm caught in something, but I'm but I'm not dictated by it. My soul is free. And that psychologically, you know, you know, the power struggle is, is murder to the soul. I said, we're not going to allow that. And how do we allow it? Is we keep on telling ourselves the story of our victimization. Of, of carrying this it's my fault, or, or, you know, very often, it's very common to me, people say, well, I feel bad. It's like, well, what do you feel bad about? I don't know, I just feel bad. Well, did you commit a crime? Did you do something? No, I, I just feel bad for them. So, yes, you can relate to it. That's, that's part of relating, and you can have deep compassion because you know uh, the suffering, but you also know they're going to continue the behavior as long as you're carrying the feeling instead of or somebody's trying to manipulate you, right? And they'll set you up in some particular way. You can you can rather than falling for the manipulation you can just say, Oh, that's unfortunate. You will be missed and not pick up the burden of another. Unless you do it consciously. I will carry this sorrow, or I will carry this mistake, or I will hold this for you until you can take it back. And we can do this, you know, even with people who have passed over. It's like they're dead. They've traveled on to other dimensions or possibilities or dust. Um, But you're still telling yourself the same story. Rewrite it. Write out your story and then rewrite it. Where everything changes into a greater good. Or we just realize, I don't have to wear this outfit. This isn't mine. This doesn't fit. I'm not doing it. So it's a way that we can confront our wounds. And we're all wounded in one form or another. And be able to understand the wound is very real, but we don't have to live from the wound. It can be a teaching wound that helps us begin to understand what it is to be human. It's a, it's a lifetime of work and understanding and adventure and beauty it's it's mixed. So when we want to confront our wounds, we also have to confront the, the guilt. And also what it is within ourselves or where we've we, we've asked somebody to carry something. Or you know we're in our 
last stages of, of our life and we're still blaming our parents. Who, what? No, you chose your parents. That's all karmic. And then you ask from the soul's perspective, why did I choose that? Why did I choose that narcissistic person? No, they couldn't love you, and who would want a narcissist love anyway? It's poisonous. So in a strange way, they did you a favor. They gave you, you know, they didn't even give you the circumstances uh, gave you an opportunity to go and explore that intuitive sense of love and care that you knew was true and, and needed and you needed to heal your wound. Because we all come in with wounds from other lifetimes and trauma. We have post-traumatic stress from other lifetimes. So when we begin, like I said last week, you know, with, you know, with an archetype, even the most conscious person in the world can only see, perceive a, a piece of the archetype. You know, the one that relates to us the most. But the archetype is always fully functioning as as one in all its mirrored aspects. So when we come in with these very tragic stories, part of it is from a previous. We come in with the wound. And uh, so... Turn it into gold. Just say, okay, yeah. That was true. That parent couldn't love. And you had the heart and the intelligence and the refinement of soul to know that love was essential in your life. So you began your journey into looking, leaving home, because that's a big part of uh, uh, growing and then how one is scapegoated in, in leaving home, okay? Or never being allowed to leave home. You know, it's hard to leave a feathered bed, but the price is asthma from being on all those feathers, so that when it when somebody's offering you something like oh no you don't have to do that or you know uh, you know I don't want to do the work suffer a little bit but get away from it because you're never going to grow under that and it looks easy but it's not and so you give all your power away thinking you're being protected get suspicious of that if somebody wants to keep your infantile. Or you yourself want to stay infantile. No, we are here to grow and to develop. So in the ancient times, the way that the scapegoat would work is they would choose, um, in this particular case, a goat and, and put all the sins and mistakes of the community and then kill the goat or have it run into the forest. And, and symbolically... What I pointed out last week was the reason that was a, a healthy and and positive ritual because it involved the divine. See, now we just scapegoat, slap one another all over the place, but there's no divinity in it. We don't do it on the behalf of appeasing an archetype. 
So we need to bring back the divine, bring back uh, the consciousness. Just because we don't know that it's going on, that doesn't mean that it's not going on. And so I don't think I'm going to get to read this completely, but there was a wonderful um, Sufi tale. Maybe I can go into this next week. But it's basically about this princess and she, you know, the father's given her everything. And three sisters, three, once again, there's always that magic in three. And the youngest daughter is like, she doesn't really, I guess the word would be trust. I don't really quite buy into Daddy King, who's going to give her everything, as long as you have his opinions, as long as you do as he says. And she's not grooving on this. So she's, he puts her in jail, and then through the dent of the divine, she escapes. And I think I'll read this next week because it's a really wonderful, you know, as in story, we hear so much of ourselves. Oh, and also this, I think I mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it again because it's so much fun. It's actually written for kids or small adults, and it's called The School of Good and Evil. Uh, And it's uh, basically, it's this school where all heroes and villains are school to be in fairy tales. And it's it's absolutely charming. It's an easy read, and it's just fun, and it also uh, kicks up some real knowledge. So, in the scapegoating, you know, we at some point, in order to break from this storyline, sometimes life does it. Just doesn't let us go back to our old behavior. Uh, but there's always this this an exile, and the exile, it provides us to reconcile or redeem the old value system, which is what we need to do. And it permits the establishment of of a new sense of yourself. So sometimes it's self-exile, or we realize, okay, I can't be under the influence or within the influence of that person or that institution or this group or whatever for a while because I really have to collect my own values. I've I've got to retell the story. And I have to set up a, a, a new kingdom, as it were, for your own eccentric self. And so often in fairy tales, of course, there's that the, the wilderness, the, the, scape, the person who's being scapegoated or the group, you know, has to go into a wilderness, is exiled. But what happens in that exile? It can transform. We can become new. And we must. Or... You know, most people don't know there's two adulthoods. The first one is, you know, getting the ego, children's raise, marriages, if one's going to choose that, career, all those kind of, you know, survival and being in life. And then the second adulthood, which usually begins somewhere, I think, seems to be happening earlier and earlier. Uh, let's, let's just say 40, 42, 
benefits for the soul. Now, if we keep on going with the things for the ego, yeah, you may have a lot more, but it becomes dust. It can't give back because there's nothing to give back. So you're accumulating. And talk about dust. The more you accumulate, the more dust you've got also. But there's no there's no meaning. So in, in the child rearing years and the development of who you are in the world and all of that, that certainly keeps you busy. But then comes the point when we just say, okay, what is the soul? What is that, you know, thing that I wanted to express? Did I? And it's never too late to be participate. You may not be able to be a ballerina, but you certainly can have fun practicing and playing and going and enjoying and being part of it in some way. So, you know, this archetype of the scapegoat, it it mediates between uh, opposites. And so this is a very holy week. Tell write write down your story that you've been telling yourself, and then look at it objectively and say, "Okay, I how can I change this? Why do I say yes to the suffering servant?" There are times that that's appropriate, but not all the time. So until we meet again, which will be well, actually, no, I'm not going to be broadcasting next week. I just realized that. And uh, also, download, I'm going to be taking uh, some of these, uh, about 50 actually, episodes off and be putting them on YouTube. So download uh, any of the episodes, what you want to listen to, or you will be able to find them on YouTube. I won't be doing that for another week or two, uh, but I don't want you to be looking for it, and then it's not there. So, um Probably 2013 and 2014, I will be putting over into YouTube. So it will be there, but just a different place. And uh, have an absolutely glorious week. It's a huge week for becoming wise, giving up the old power, power struggles, and becoming new, and delighting, and finding beauty. Happy trails. Bye-bye.